Greetings. I'm Raman Chada, founder of the Junto Institute. Welcome to Flourishing Together, where we have inspiring conversations with people who are becoming infinitely better at who they are and what they do. On this year-end episode of Flourishing Together, I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to share some personal reflections on the year and also give a little peek into what's ahead, especially for the uh, the Junto Institute. As uh, we typically do, I'll begin actually with the emotion wheel. And uh, it's a little bit odd because while I use this regularly by myself, I don't think I've ever recorded myself um, all by, all alone doing this. So um, I do have it here. I'm shaking the, my trusty laminated emotion wheel. And rather than share how I'm feeling now, um, what I'll do is, to the best of my ability, share how I believe I have felt for um, most of this year, uh, or the words that I've uh, chosen uh, most of this year. And uh, many of those times that may not have been what I shared necessarily on these episodes because those were in the moment uh, for those days. But uh, anyway, overall, uh, as regular listeners might imagine, uh, I have felt a lot of joy and love this year. And in in particular, have been touched a number of times, have felt uh, incredibly peaceful and very happy most of the time. Uh, moments of being very proud, optimistic, excited, eager, warm-hearted, and uh, definitely appreciative and grateful. Like everyone, uh, this year has been a year of evolution and change. Um, that's just the way things go. In fact, I, I would... I can't even imagine what it would be like to not experience a year of evolution or change at any point, especially in our adult lives when we're a little bit more conscious of those changes that occur. I had many, many high points, and I would like to think that they were exponentially more than the low points. Uh, I have a gift, but sometimes also a curse of being able to get over things pretty quickly. And so when I experience low points, I tend not to dwell on them for too long um, or, or even think about them for very long. And at the same time, uh, the, the curse of that trait is that sometimes when the uh, high points occur, I sometimes also don't revel in them or appreciate them as much as I could or should. So uh, this year, I actually made that a part of my intentions, and, and I'll talk a little bit about that in a little bit. And what this podcast has always been about since it was first conceived um, is bringing who we are to what we do. That whole integration of business and the self that epitomizes the Junto Institute. And so what I'm going to do in in today's episode is uh, share a little bit about our business, um, what happened this year, what's ahead, uh, but then also share a little bit about me and my year. And doing so in a way that hopefully isn't going to alienate or bore anyone, uh, but but stuff that hopefully can can resonate uh, with other people and possibly uh, cause some continued reflection for us uh, at this at this time of a year end. So I'll start with uh, Junto, and I'm not going to get into a lot of detail. I'm just going to keep this fairly high level. Uh, this was a year uh, that I called the restartup year, a year of kind of renovation, if you will. And that was intentional. Uh, if I go back to 
probably the middle of 2018, I was intent on finding a way to effectively reinvent and renovate the business for a number of reasons. So the way I described it to a lot of people was, you know, we were kind of tearing down um, the inside of the business to its studs, uh, similar to a home renovation, and uh, rebuild accordingly. So while we weren't changing the overall foundation um, or even the walls and the and the floors, uh, a lot of the plumbing, a lot of the electric electricity, a lot of the wiring, if you will was what we would um, change. And obviously, uh, hand in hand with that is uh, new wall coverings, um, perhaps a new siding job or brick job on the outside and so on. So, you know, some of the things that we did that were meaningful to me uh, is, you know, first and foremost is just this itself, the podcast. And it has been such a joy having so many of our alumni and mentors uh, be on, on as uh, guests knowing that we're going to have many more coming down in the future. Uh, we rebranded the business from a visual identity standpoint, and it's been such a joy uh, and very moving to hear the feedback that we've received on our new logo, the, the new color scheme, and uh, how, we are, how we communicate what Junto stands for. From a product and program standpoint, uh, we introduced a new solo program. Uh, we're launching a brand new master class. Uh, we expanded Junto Women, which was an exciting development, and we also received just incredible feedback on this uh, this concept that we have applied to emotional intelligence that we call the building blocks. And perhaps probably the biggest development was I brought on a new partner, and regular listeners may have uh, heard the interview that I did with uh, Jen Davis, who is one of our alumni and joined the Junto team. I think it was about mid-year or maybe late summer or so. And that has been uh, a wonderful addition to us and uh, something that was very opportunistic and is a really good reflection of what the year was meant to be for me. And, and what I mean by that is at the start of the year, um, again, in calling Junto a restartup, I actually shifted my own approach to the business. Um, I have a background in, in planning growth planning, business planning, strategic planning, operating planning. And this was the first year that I ever, since since we were founded, uh, made a decision to not create an operating plan for the year. And instead, what I wanted to do was just to see how the year would unfold. Not put any pressure from a standpoint of having priorities and goals or objectives or metrics um, and move from what most businesses do, which is follow a plan and execute approach, and instead follow a sense and adapt approach. And so the, Jen's edition is a perfect example. Um, I did not plan on adding anybody to the team in a, in a, a formal capacity this year, uh, but the opportunity came along. She was leaving her former company, and it was too good for our business to, to pass it up, and we were fortunate to find a way uh, to make that happen. So what's ahead for us is um, I am actually in the process of finalizing our operating plan for 2020, which is exciting. Um, we're going to be formally introducing our online program. Uh, so I'm very excited about that, whereby we'll be able to offer through live video um, access to our apprenticeship program that we've been running in Chicago for the last seven years. 
uh, I expect that we're going to have some greater visibility and awareness as a result of building um, a more national market. Um, and we'll also be updating this podcast a little bit with a few um, fun changes as uh, we've been able to reflect on what's worked and what we could have done better. Um, so I'm hoping uh, to hear from our listeners on, on how those are received. And then finally, I'm going to be making a formal pursuit towards um, a 100-year plan that I created for the Junto Institute last year. Um, so all I did last year was kind of create the plan. This was in 2018. But this year, I'm actually going to be uh, making efforts to march in that direction. And while, yes, it's a 100-year plan, and of course, it will, uh, we will come nowhere near uh, what I would love to see this business be in a hundred years, uh, mostly because I won't be here. Um, at the same time, I want to make sure that we're doing everything in our power to start living it and uh, realizing it um, to the best of our capacity. So, um, from a personal standpoint, um, I think I'm going to. Well, let me go back to what I kind of teased up a little bit earlier. Um, that idea that. It's both a blessing and a curse that I'm able to uh, get over things quickly, uh, and that sometimes also means you know the, the high points. Uh, so what I did was a, about a year, maybe maybe about a year and a half ago, perhaps a little bit longer, started to reflect a, a lot on what a good day was, and I listened to a couple of um, other podcasts. Uh, one in particular, where there were a number of guests that talked about this um, over the course of several years. And by the way, I'll, I'm comfortable plugging it. Uh, that podcast is On Being, uh, and the host is a woman named Krista Tippett. And when I listened to those episodes where a couple of her guests talked about understanding and processing what a good day was all about, it really hit me as something that I could do a better job with for myself. Um, truth be told, I've always been someone who is able to reflect on what the day's been like, but um, would sometimes almost gloss over it. And I, as I've matured and gotten older, and you know now um, definitely into the second half of of my life, uh, it's something that I think I have a much deeper appreciation for that idea of a specific day. So I did my best this year, um, soon after waking up, to ask myself this question. How do I want this day to be? How can I make this day as wonderful as possible? And then I also tried to finish the day with the following quote. This is a wonderful day and has been a wonderful day. I've never seen it before. And it really allowed me to open up the perspective that I had on what was going on in my life uh, both personally and professionally, literally on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, did I do it every single day? No. But I'm going to guess that I probably was doing it four to six days a week. Uh, there were those weeks that I was just in a really good groove and, and other times where stuff happened and I just wasn't able to um, maintain it. But I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to. Um, the great thing was, was that it allowed me to wake up and be excited and curious and inspired about what was going to happen. And whether that was a day where I had no meetings and I was just going to be doing a lot of work uh, by myself, or whether it was a day when I was going to be interacting with a lot of my um, family 
and members of the Hundo tribe and holding an interview, um, doing a lot of productive work whereby the day just flew by. Uh, in either case, it applied. And what that did, as I as I look back, is it allowed me to appreciate um, a lot more of the highs and lows that I experience on a daily basis. It allowed me to appreciate not just the small wins, but the tiny wins, the little moments that occur much more frequently than I realized uh, in the past. It allowed me to be far more inspired on a day-to-day basis as a result of that. Um, It allowed me to appreciate more people and more events that occurred. And the end all of this was that I realized that this um, practice of looking at every single day and how it can be as wonderful as possible gave me a lot of energy. And that was a th- that's been a theme actually for the last couple of years, uh, especially personally, where I wanted to put myself in, in a position where I was getting as much positive energy as possible, minimizing the amount of negative energy, and then in turn, um, bringing as much positive energy to the people uh, in my life and the world around me. And so those things um, I'd like to think happened during this year. And in particular, it's been especially important because I have had some big personal changes over the last couple of years. Uh, both of uh, my children have gone off to college. Both of them are now out of state uh, since one of them transferred. And I've also uh, been going through a divorce. And amidst all that, my relationship with uh, my daughters has become far closer than it's ever been. Um, we've made much deeper connections um, on a day-to-day basis. And it has uh, given me so much more energy um, just doing that and working on that. And so on top of how I approach every single day, uh, doing the work to also make sure that I built as strong of relationships as I could during this real critical period of not only my life, but their lives um, has hopefully paid off uh, just during these past 12 months. So as we as we kind of head into this new year, uh, one of the things that I wanted to do was to share something that I wrote uh, at the beginning of this year, at the beginning of 2019. But before I do that, I have two asks. The first one is for members of the Junto tribe. Please help us spread the word in 2020 about the Junto Institute and our new programs, especially with companies who you may know outside of Chicago. And for those of you who aren't yet a part of the Junto tribe, please check out our website at thejuntoinstitute.com. Take a look at our programs. If you happen to be someone who appreciates these conversations and believes you might be able to benefit from what we're doing, uh, the work that we're doing, we'd love to hear from you and uh, go to our contact page, check out our programs, and please do reach out. So now I'd like to read that piece that I wrote at the beginning of this year. I recently read a wonderful article by Parker Palmer that is actually a prelude to his book, On the Brink of Everything, Grace, Gravity, and Getting Old. The content of the article and the title of the book struck me as profoundly relevant, not only to our lives, but also our companies. As someone who recently turned 50, became an empty nester, and initiated a restart of his business, it hit me 
that I'm on the brink of everything. I was so struck by this idea that I couldn't get it out of my head for days. And the more I reflected on it, the more I realized that this phrase wasn't resonating with me just because of a few significant life moments. Instead, I realized that we are on the brink of everything, every day. In our companies, many of us set long-term strategic plans, shorter-term operating plans, and use daily huddles and to-do lists to get things done. We take those big-picture tools and boil them down into smaller, digestible things that help us move forward. In our lives, many of us meditate daily, go on retreats, practice yoga, go running or exercising, or write on a regular basis. These things allow our spirit to emerge and keep us centered as we go on with our daily lives. And between the two, our companies and our lives, we often step back and reflect on tired and old axioms like the world is our oyster, the possibilities are endless, and opportunity is everywhere. To me, however, the phrase on the brink of everything is not only more novel and memorable, but also more personal. I can visualize myself standing at the edge of a cliff with this vast expanse above, below, and in front of me. That expanse isn't represented just by the sky, the ground, and natural beauty. Instead, it's represented by all that exists today that I can take advantage of tomorrow. And as an entrepreneur, that includes both my work and my life. On the Brink of Everything serves as a daily reflection that keeps us forward-looking and yet present. It allows for our heads to wander into the clouds while our feet remain on the ground. And it reconciles our grand plans for the future with the wisdom that those plans will never turn out as expected. So as we sit at the dawn of another new year, setting goals, priorities, and intentions, let's also recognize that we are not only on the brink of everything right now, but that we will remain so every day. Parker Palmer will soon turn 80 years old. If someone at that age believes that he is on the brink of everything, imagine what that means for those of us who are younger and what that means for our companies, regardless of their age. We tend to believe that when we're just starting up, the possibilities are endless and the world is our oyster. But in truth, that does not change when the company turns five, 10, or even 30 years old. Happy New Year. You are on the brink of everything. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss the next episode. This episode was produced by Dante32.